boys screws loose, they done stripped the bolts on them. Should have never sent them to pick up the work for them. Sprayed the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all goners. Alright, greetings, chudlings. Welcome to another episode of Chuddy's Corner. I am your host, Dugouts, as always, with Chud, King Chuddy. How you doing tonight, Chud? I'm always doing well when we beat the Sixers. After tonight's win, I'm doing particularly well. A lot of fun. How you doing? I'm doing all right as well. So, uh, as you said, Celtics win 117-107. It's about 10-23 right now on the East Coast. Uh, Wednesday, November 15th. Uh, before we get into it, just a reminder to make sure you follow the page on all of our social media pages. Uh, the show up, the show Twitter is at Chuddy's Corner. Uh, my account is at Doug underscore outs. And you can follow Chud at at King Chuddy. All of those are on Twitter, X, whatever you'd like to call it. Uh, also, real quick, uh, special shout out to our sponsor, Nick Perino Real Estate. Uh, all your real estate needs. You can find everything real estate related and everything Chuddy's Corner related also at nickperino.com. Again, special thanks to our sponsor uh, for looking out for us. So with that being said, we'll get right into this one. Celtics, again, a 117-107 win over the Sixers. You said it's always great to beat the Sixers. It does always feel good. This one felt pretty good also. Porzingis and Jalen Brown both out. Uh, So, you know, there's a little bit of concern going into the game on how the uh, bench would show up. Uh, I won't take too much of your thunder on the breakdown, so I'll give you, I'll hand the mic over to you and let, let me know what you saw in the game and what you liked. Yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of great stuff, a lot of stuff I liked. As you said, Brown and Porzingis both out for this one, so it was the first uh, classic hospital Celtics game, brought back some memories. And <clears throat> oh, yeah. again, all, all the questions really going into the season were depth. This was our first taste. Hopefully, uh, you know, it won't be an every night type of thing where we see that Porzingis questionable. Uh, sounds like this was just overly cautious, but you never know. This is how some things going to start. But anyway, focus on the positives. And Celtics came out. Hauser and Horford inserted into the starting lineup. Team was immediately clicking. Uh, all things considered, I thought that first quarter, one of the best the Celtics have played all year. They were absolutely flying up and down the court. 11-0 fast break points in that first quarter. Uh, I mean, Philly, again, let's not forget, they did. Uh, we're on a back-to-back. Played yesterday against the Pacers, who are one of the fastest-paced teams in the league. So the Sixers, although you know they can't be making excuses given our health, but they definitely were probably a little tired. Um, and I think it showed the Celtics came out trying to run, dominated the first quarter. Second quarter kind of gave it all back. Interestingly enough, it was when Embiid went out uh, and Maxi came in. It was kind of Maxi running the show for Philly. They got going a little bit. So almost a complete flip from the first quarter. The Celtics lost their pace. It seemed like we were kind of just going slow, passing it around, shooting up threes. They weren't falling. And on the other end, Philly against our all uh, bench units was going right to the rim. Guys were just attacking. It seemed like they were the ones playing with all the pace, all the uh, physicality. They weren't really scared of anyone we put in there. So kind of gave up all that good we had garnered in the first. Third quarter came out again that kind of starting lineup from tonight just absolutely smothering defense took it to him really uh, again the way kind of got exactly back to what we wanted again went deep into that bench in the fourth quarter uh, when Embiid went out same exact thing Maxi came in it was DeAnthony Melton and Maxi carrying the Sixers right back in it got it to about I think they cut it all the way to one six minutes left both teams put in all their starters and uh, from then on, it was a beautiful close to the game. Great execution by the Celtics across the board. Uh, time and again, executed on both ends. And just closed the Sixers out to end up winning somewhat comfortably by 10 points without the two starters. So, again, just a great night start to finish. Got a hit on the main main takeaways from tonight. Al Horford, awesome night. Uh, yeah. I'll be honest, Al has started this season looking like it, it, it was hard to say if he was had lost his step. It was finally becoming a little bit washed, but it was also easy to say, like, we hadn't really needed him. Tonight, no Porzingis. We needed him. You know he loves playing against Embiid, and he looked like vintage Al. He did an amazing job uh, really shutting down Embiid for the most part all the time he was in there. Al had five blocks tonight. Yeah. Celtics had eight as a team. He was amazing. 
They went he was back chirping to that, the Philly uh, fans too. That's he when you know he's in his bag. It. Oh yeah, and uh, and Philly hates him, which is kind of funny. And again, they were kind of leaving him on offense. He got aggressive, drilled I think three threes in a row at one point, but he was playing great out of the post, really feeling himself all around. So it's just so nice to know that Al still has that, and hopefully it's you know we can kind of keep it in reserve to when we need it. But uh, to see him play like that, I mean, talk about I don't even know if you can call it fountain of youth because he seems to do it every year. Like it's not like he ever really lost it, but it's amazing to see just how incredibly he plays against uh mb like talk about rising the occasion he was awesome and then the other guy who was especially awesome Derek white um again you know we've talked about a couple games earlier in this year but it's like he was running the show he really took over he played great i thought all night but especially in that fourth quarter running offense uh he was getting into the lane when things got tight it was really Derek uh off the screen was just driving right into the paint he hit a few floaters he had a few nice passes and he was starting hitting the three to fall. A super efficient night. Just seemed like he made the right decision every single play. Obviously, great defense. Um, and then the other thing to shout out, the bench. I mean, all these guys who we weren't very sketched out about. I thought almost every single one of them played great. I love that Joe went with Delano Banton. Gave him awesome minutes right from the first quarter. Uh, I mean, he's like a huge point guard. So he plays almost like a forward. And you yeah. can see he was making a difference around the rim on both ends. He was getting a few uh, rebounds. He had an offensive rebound tip back, I think, in his first possession. He back-tapped and bead, which led to a run out uh, just all over the yeah. court. I thought he was great. He had five rebounds in four minutes there in the first quarter. Which yeah, was... he was awesome. Total difference maker. I mean, at one point, at the end of the first quarter, we went with a lineup of Drew. Peyton, Banton, Sfee, and Cornette. Well, they still had a beat in the court, and we stretched out the lead. It was like all those guys were hustling. They just looked awesome. Uh, Pritchard had a really good game. I made a note because Scal was saying, Scal asked earlier, like, what lineup can we have when Tatum's out <laughs> yeah. that could have a positive plus minus? And I was like, well, you never yeah. know. What you, you're strangest of places, no. you know? That was so. that was it. That was, I mean, that was <laughs> I awesome. Love, I love that lineup. Cornette had a great game, and he had, uh, I mean, he battled. That's obviously not an easy matchup for him, but I thought he did a really good job. And he had two absolutely massive uh, putbacks kind of when the game was very tight. His that, last like few minutes. back-to-back plays. Yeah, one off a little Derek missed a floater, and he tipped it in, and then Tatum missed a mid-range, and same thing. Cornette was right there. Two huge offensive rebounds in a row when it was a super tight game with like six and a half, seven minutes left in the fourth right before he came out. So uh, that was really great to see. I mean, I, again, I thought almost everyone who came in gave us great effort. Even like Hauser didn't have a great shooting night. He was like two of seven or two of nine on threes. But I thought he still had had a very positive impact. Great on defense. And then going back to my takes from pregame, shutting down the two guys. I mean, Maxine and Beat. I said they've been averaging sixty one and a half points per game. They combined for only forty points, and four of them were garbage and Beat points at the end. But I mean, the combo of Al. Drew and a little bit of Cornette mixed in there on Embiid was awesome. Again, I know I'm sure he'll say he had the back to back and he was tired for him too. Yeah, I'm sure it was. And uh, Maxi, same thing. I mean, I felt he got going a couple times, but they we had Drew on Maxi and Drew almost completely shot Maxi down as well as anyone I've seen, which is great because even as good of guard defense as the Celtics have had over the years the one place we've kind of always struggled was with guys like Maxi who are just so fast and seemed like they could just dribble by anyone uh and he was just not going anywhere at all on Drew Drew's getting through every screen making him work so hard uh it's great to see because you know that's always kind of something nerve-wracking with me is those little little like quick twitch guards but he was amazing on him all yeah. night never really let Maxi get going I said I wanted to make the other guys beat us and that's really exactly what the Celtics did. Like Covington had some points at the beginning, but it's like not concerned about that. Um, D'Anthony Melton was out of his mind shooting, but even the whole time I was like, if Melton and Covington beat us, fine. Uh, you know, and, and that bench lineup, like I mentioned, when we had all those guys in with Joel, it was like, all right, we're just going to triple team and beat, make him pass. For some reason, Nick Nurse insisted on playing Pat Beverly and Marcus Morris together oh for six-minute yeah, stretches I... in each half. That basically lost them the game. I mean, I think each of those stretches, we pushed out the lead. And, like, those guys are just so bad. I can't believe – I know that Batum and Oubre are out for Philly, so I don't think Morris would play normally. But having them both in there, again, it's just like, what At the, the same time, too, maybe yeah. more. And there was, I mean, there was one point where I, I took a note of it. Because Beverly shot like an awful three from the corner that just like was nowhere near going in. And then right the next time up the floor, he had it in almost the same spot. I thought he was going to shoot it again. And then he passed it instead to Morris. And Morris took the three and missed it. I just was like, yeah. I was just cracking up like, okay, if that's, if that's the offense they're running against us. And I think, you know, that, that's going to be pretty good for us. But 
It's yeah, I mean, weird. Was, like Beverly thought he was like a shooter tonight. I don't know. He he was he it was had jarring. Weird, a lot more shots than I would ever expect to see at him. I, like it went so badly in the first half, and then Nurse just used the exact same rotation in the second. It was absolutely baffling. Like, <laughs> uh, and it was again when it, it was the kind of that first sub when Embiid stayed in, Maxi went out. Uh, I think Melton went out and those two went in. And again, I, not a huge plus minus guy, but if you could look at it with a grouping. Embiid tonight, minus 25 when he was on the court. Patrick Beverly, minus 17. Marcus Morris, minus 16. And Beverly only played nine minutes. Morris played eight. And they were basically losing by two points a minute while that <laughs> unit was in the court. And again, they played them. I, I, I know they don't have a ton of options, but that was just crazy because, like, Jaden Springer was playing great. I mean, for the most part, the rest of their role players played well, but those stretches arguably lost them the game. Um, and then, again, it was like they were making their little spurts at the start of the second and fourth quarter when it was Embiid went out, those guys went out, and it was kind of Maxi, Melton, and those other bench guys was really the lineups hurting us most. But uh, overall, I mean, super solid. And then how can I not mention – Jason Tatum, you know, his MVP self, doing it all again tonight, aggressive yeah. when he needed to be, distributing when he needed to be, great defense all night, uh, just rising to the challenge. Just and then a little more rebounding would have been nice for those that tailed the, uh, you'd be an idiot not to tail this parlay. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's tough one. Two rebounds but... short of hitting for Jason Tatum. But yeah, I, I agree. I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, he, yeah, he, had a, he did have a great game, but. No, that's true, but it was other guys in that rebounding department. I mean, again, Al, 14 and 8 uh, off the bench is awesome. True Holiday, 18 and 10. Uh, I saw a stat well, in 100. Al started. Al started. You said Al off the bench? Oh, I didn't mean to say off the bench if I did. Sorry. Oh, all right, all right. I didn't know. Yeah, but, uh, no, but Drew, I saw a stat with 100, in 193 games with the Bucks. He had two games of double digit rebounding so far. Oh, you here. He has four. <laughs> Go Sorry, ahead. but. Go ahead. Uh, but I don't think, again, it doesn't speak to like anything changing with drew it's just the change in the role that i mean especially with who we had tonight it's like he's a basically a power forward out there for us like the way he plays and on yeah. both ends he's guarding big guys he's guarding i mean the fact that he guarded and beat in the first game and maxi tonight like are there two different players and like more different guys to have to guard who are both so sick and so like, yeah it'd be funny, such like, an amazing like, job some of those pick and rolls he'd switch and he'd be yeah like, he would go from like you said covering this little speedster to covering and beat and it's just like you know, there's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, you could probably count on one hand the number of players that can do that effectively. And do um, it that well. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Um, So, I mean, that's <laughs> just an awesome a big part of their offense through. because they, 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 they go and they just try to force those switches right. and things like that. And when exactly. it's a guy like that, it, it's That two-man game is, yeah. yeah, is crazy. So, I mean, Drew continues to just be awesome. But, uh, I mean, so many good plays. And, again, so many good plays down the stretch. I wrote down when the starters came back in, there was that play they trapped and beat in the corner. White made an awesome play to kind of force and beat the dribble. And then Tatum pushed it away, pushed it ahead to Tatum, made a hard and one in traffic at the other end. It was just awesome. I think that stretched from, like, a one-point lead to four. Then the next trip down, uh, Maxi with a drive. Horford just stuffed the shit out of him. Pushed it up. We had a five on floor. And, uh, just quick passing inside, outside, back and forth. Ended up with Derek for a wide open three at the end of that. That was stretched a very out. pretty fly. And that was like a 30-second stretch that was kind of the game. And it was just like perfectly encapsulated. It was like typical. I mean, if, again, after the first game, we've been saying like, uh-oh, is Philly different? I'm a little nervous. Feels like they have, feel a little more confident in this matchup. But that end of tonight's game was like vintage Philly, like Embiid, sad, pouting, coughing it up. Us just looking like so confident, passing it around, everyone just into it. Uh, I mean, those that that close of the game just absolutely awesome. The whole, I mean, the, almost the whole game, really, just the second quarter was uh, unfortunate. But again, for the guys we had to come out and play like that, um, and it, you know, again, nothing, nothing fluky. No one who played like amazing or out of their skis. Nothing that wasn't replicable. We shot all right, but like not even a great three point shooting night. Um, yeah, just super in the first half. We were like thirty percent in the first half, so yeah, it, not ca- great. it came alive though when it mattered. Yeah, and it was it was big shots, and it was off of, again, great ball movement down the stretch. Like, the driving kicking, it was like every single possession almost started with either Tatum or White driving into the paint. Even the possessions we didn't miss were like, we were getting great looks from three. Uh, so, again, just, just awesome to see. And like I said, I mean, how much of this... There's no back-to-backs in the playoffs, this and that. I know, I know, I can already hear the Philly fans saying it's back-to-back. It even out a little bit, though, with out. us having Jalen and Porzingis out, I mean... 100%. So, like, by that logic, then, okay, then we would have beaten them by, like, 50 if, if it's a back-to-back <laughs> we had those two guys. So, I don't know. Yeah, seemingly. I think no, it, I mean, I'm that all evens I already, out, I think, in the end. You know that's what they're going to say. But, again, I mean, for the, they had their guys. We didn't have ours. Um, and just awesome job on both ends. I mean, it, it all starts with the defense. The defense, especially on those two main guys, like, uh, you, can't, you can't play it much better. You really can't. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we covered a lot of the, a lot of the notes that I had too. That, um, but yeah, I think that 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 Ben Junior that came in early, uh, I think that was a big make or break moment. Um, where like you said, they extended the lead. I thought that kind of set us off right. It was pretty interesting the first quarter of the playing the way we did. Second quarter, uh, they come back and actually take a one point lead going into the half. Third quarter, we kind of looked a lot more that first quarter. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter to start, it looked a little bit like we were going to go bend. It was like a, we were switching off quarters. They went on like a 9-2 run at one point, but then um, Derek White hit a three to sort of end that run. And then from then on, um, Embiid actually came in shortly after that. And then from then on, it was kind of it was kind of out. I noticed two nurse uh, had Embiid on the bench for the first like half of the fourth, which I noticed in the first game he did too to, to kind of uh, rest him a little bit. I don't think it ended up making much of a difference in this game. Um, they but were it is just much something... worse with him being on the floor tonight. I mean, yeah. obviously that's not. But overall, know, like just just in the context of like Philly's typical mo, just being getting so gassed at the end, it does yeah. seem like he's he's trying that out. It didn't it didn't really make a difference today. I I don't think you could argue that it was a matter of him coming back in too late. I think that they just didn't have it tonight. Um, well, also and the, the way we were playing in the fourth quarter. Was just I was gonna say in the fourth quarter they put a bead back in. I think it was exactly six, six minutes, minutes left, yeah. so half. But in the first half it was even longer. If you notice, they sat him for the start of the second quarter, almost to like the three and a half minute mark. It was like probably one of the longest rests he's ever had. And that they made like a nineteen five run during that yeah. stretch. Philly did. So I mean, it's again Paul Reed is obviously not a bead, but that unit was just bringing a Be different ball, kind of ball. speed and like they're. They can't really hurt us with Embiid and the size and slowing down. Like when we play our game, we were playing right into it. But yeah, when they put in B-Ball Paul and it's like all Maxi Melton, again, they're just like a faster, more athletic team. And our bench, who again, played really well, but like Svee, Hauser, Cornette isn't the most athletic, like fleet footed. I almost you, jumped know? out of my roof when, uh, jumped out of, I don't jumped out of my roof. I don't know what that means. <laughs> almost jumped out of my window, maybe just jumped out of my seat when yeah. Svee came in, like right off the bench and hit that three. That was just was a great awesome. moment. Um, yeah. for the Svi fans out there. So um, Absolutely. Yeah, so that bench unit played really well. We put them away in the fourth. I don't have a whole lot of other things. Cornette, the two uh putbacks that we talked about. I thought those were huge. He's been, he's he was been awesome. playing really well. Like it's gonna take a little yeah. bit of a little bit of time, I think, for some Celtics fans to see Cornette out there, not immediately be like, Oh fuck. Like, you know, just because, you know, his role last year was so little. Like when he was in, it was either we were getting crushed or we you know, the game was over and he right. didn't really have an opportunity. But in the meaningful minutes he's gone, I think he's played all right. And he's had a Absolutely. couple. He has a, he had an alley-oop tonight, too. That was awesome, too. It's just good to see. Um, it's just kind of funny. Every time he does something, whenever they show the bench, the bench is always just cracking up. It's just like, it's like, it's, yeah. like it's, it's just kind of funny to see. It. Like, he'll just do, put like a putback layup and they'll show the bench. The bench is like, oh, like, I can't believe Gordon. Like, it's like, but he, yeah. he's actually, no, he's, you know, a le- he's a decent role player. I mean, he's not. He's not going to go out and you know sign a huge contract or anything like that. He's not going to be that guy. But for what yeah. we need out of him, especially tonight without Porzingis in, uh, he definitely showed up. So you got to give him his flowers on that one. Um, yeah, I agree with you 100 percent on Al. Uh, I think that uh, his game tonight. I think he had sort of looked a little bit on himself. I mentioned on one of the pods earlier that the threes that we're used to seeing just haven't been quite falling. But today it was he was shooting in with confidence, and I was watching with confidence. Um, those shots go up. <laughs> The five Definitely. blocks were huge. It felt like those blocks were coming all at very like important times too. Um, so it, it just was an overall great game by everybody. Everybody showed up. This was a game where it could have been easy to sort of you know underestimate Philly because they're coming off a back to back. We're going in with without two of our guys. It could have gotten sloppy. It could have gotten ugly. But everyone showed up. So um, a bit, I'm just a big fan of the performance overall. Um, yeah. I have a few other just, like, less game-related thoughts. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add, um, X's (laughs) and O's-wise. No, I mean, just back to Cornette, again, I think, like, it's just people are just too kind of looking for flaws, or it's like, look around the league, who has, like, a ninth man, third center? Like, that's what you're getting. Like, you know know what I mean? Or if your team's that deep, then you're not going to have stars as good as we have, like... When you have this high of a yeah. payroll, this many stars, your third center who plays I think that 12 minutes a game is like That is like an antiquated sort of thing. I feel like, you know, if you think about the NBA, like even like maybe 10 years ago, it, it, you know, having a bench was like a big thing. It was like people had like, you know, they were like had a whole like five off the bench they could have come in and be like sort of effective, I feel like. But you don't, you're right. You don't really see it. I think that there's a lot of, uh, and I don't know if that's just the size of the contracts for the top guys and stuff like that, but it does just seem like, you don't really hear people talk so much about bench depth as far as beyond like your sixth or seventh guy off the floor. So for ours to be Cornette as the ninth guy, third big man, like you said, 
you know, and it looks like the Tice dream it might be over as well. So we got to kind of just get used to um, definitely over that it's going to be Cornette. Yeah, he's going to the Clippers. Ugh, I uh-huh. hate to see that. I don't want to steal any thunder. I don't know if that was an around the league thing. But... Definitely around the league. We'll talk yeah, about okay, that so more. We'll, but... we'll, we'll pause. No, but I think. Tice, but... Uh, but in terms of from the Celtics standpoint on the Tice thing, like people were probably wondering, like why weren't the Celtics owning him? And again, I think we're happy with Tice. Like, I mean, uh, with Cornette, Cornette like, yeah. Cornette's fine for that role. Like, and he's much bigger than Tice, obviously. So you know, we we obviously love Tice around here. But uh, I think you know. It's fine. Not I was fine with having the confidence with Cornette. I think he's earned it. Um, again tonight, only nine turnovers. Awesome to see. We talked. Another key to the game was the rebounding. They kind of dominated us on the glass the first game. Tonight we actually won the rebounding battle, forty-five, forty-one. Um, I'm telling you, someone in that locker room is, is paying attention to Chuddy's corner. Well, let's hope so. Uh, it seems like a lot. Seems like a lot of people all around. <laughs> yeah. Um, didn't foul them too much. Another big thing. And I mean, especially with just annoying Philly and the way they play, like you hate sending some line, only four free throws for Embiid, only five for Maxi. Those are guys who can, you know, live at the free throw lines. And I thought, you know, we never liked the refs and they made a lot of bad calls, but I did think for the most part, they let them play on both ends. Which yeah. I thought you always a, like to I, see. I don't have any gripes really with the officiating tonight. I think that yeah. there was a few times, even when Embiid was sort of doing his flopping kind of shit and they, and they didn't call for it. So, um, you know, that, yeah. that might have been something we, we might have been playing it a little bit differently, but I think overall the refs, this is a fine. I have no no gripes on the ref side of things. Yeah, and um, speaking of kind of refing, it was also cool to see the game was basically over, but we were up eight with about a minute left. Max, he gets fouled on three, chance to cut it to five. Great green light special by Joe on the challenge. Yep. It was a clean block by Drew, and it was great to see not only, usually when it's a play like that, like a block or a foul, it's a jump ball, but they said since it was clearly blocked and the Celtics clearly caught it it was Celtics possession too so awesome yeah. challenge I mean the right calls but great challenge great I ruling forget the and phrase that, that the was ref the used but it was like he said it was like it, like Celtics were like it was impending or something like that like the like I forget the imminent the I think he said imminent possession imminent yeah yeah imminent <laughs> yeah and I was like that's true I but I feel like usually they are more just like well you never know yeah. like the butterfly effect if we didn't blow the whistle but they're like no it was freaking imminent all right yeah <laughs> the Celtics got the ball and that we was are the imminent the Celtics um, are imminent <laughs> but I just how appropriate to close it out with a Drew blocking a Maxi three like that where he you know he ate him alive all game and everyone's been talking about oh Maxi uh and, and rightfully so, rightfully so. I mean, yeah. Maxi has been awesome, but it was nice, like Drew stepping up to the challenge, being like, "I hear all the talk about Maxi. Like, all right, let's let's see what you got." So, uh, yeah. also I actually... around, I think one thing that comes out of this game is like for how well they played. It'll be interesting when we play Philly again, and if we match up with them in the playoffs, because it's like, how do you not have Horford in there? Uh, <laughs> you know, like Horford's got to play a lot, and when. Drew's guarding when Drew can guard Maxi and Horford can guard and beat the defense on them is so much better. Whereas when the, obviously in the first game, uh, Porzingis, who I think scored like 29 points, had a good game, but he's not guarding and beat. So uh, it just kind of moves everything around. And I just thought like our defense overall was kind of better yeah, that's tonight. Something, uh, with definitely that something setup, to keep so. an eye out on. Yeah. And I hope that that's something that everyone, you know, who's, and everyone said all the right things. So I hope everyone's into win. And if that means, you know, Al, I don't, I don't know like how far they go. If they'd start Al, Curtin Porzingis off the bench would probably be extreme. But then again, I don't well, know. Even if, if this it's is just how more Al's minutes. Play, yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, it would mean lining up Al's minutes with Embiid. Like, because again, that's kind of would be the point. It seems like Al, when Al sees Embiid, he just hit, when he sees Embiid and Giannis, Al turns into <laughs> Superman. So, yeah. like, it seems like that's, you know, the point of having Al in the rest of the game is for a matchup like that. So, it'll just, again, be interesting to see how they handle that kind of going forward. What did you think? I do have one other th- uh, note game related. Uh, no O'Shea Brissett at all tonight? Uh, yeah. So any I think particular thoughts on that? Just real quick. My, my thoughts on that, now. I think, is just with how deep we had to go into the bench. I'm guessing that uh, Joe's Joe's favorite thing in the world, I think, is spacing. And Brissett provides zero spacing. So I think knowing the lineups we had to go with, he opted to go with a guy like Spee, who can shoot. Uh, Banton, who brings, you know, isn't a zero on offense. He can obviously handle the ball really well. So I think you already have he Cornette in. He can shoot. He had, he had a terrible ba- shot. No, he but a- he can get to the basket. I mean, Brissett's... Almost a negative on offense. Like yeah. obviously he's hustling, getting offensive rebounds. Right, and like stuff, he's not more driving. Guy you he's put not on cutting. for the starters or something like Ex- that. Yeah, exactly. I just think it was more need based, and I mean, I hard to argue with the yeah. results. I thought that bench unit was awesome. Spee, like you said, came right in, made a three. Banton made multiple hustle plays and uh, can handle the ball. I mean, he could score. He took it to the rack a few times too. I guess my thing with the bench, 
I'm curious to see how much this was like a one-off given the guys who were out in the matchups versus like, I think that was the first time Banton all year has gotten real minutes, right? It's the first time uh, I can remember. Yeah, yeah, I think that, I think, I think I there's mean, one game where he might have gone in for like two minutes, but it wasn't like a blowout yet, but I might be wrong okay. about that. Otherwise, way, I think it's all um, been garbage time. But yeah, either way, like I'm, I wonder, I feel like he's kind of earned minutes. Like he was awesome. I thought on yeah. both ends, like really made a difference in the game. It was good to see. I thought Pritchard was really good again, controlling the ball. Um, so it is kind of funny. I think you mentioned in an earlier episode that like Pritchard just does better when he has a more sure role. And I think that was kind of like tonight. He knew he was going to be the sixth man and he came out, looked confident, hit his first shot. Um, and then had a few other nice layups, made some nice defensive plays. He's rebounding like usual. So that was fun to see. And I'll just kind of be interested to see how much the bench, the rotations and the lineups in general are kind of evolving as the season goes on. And I think that's one cool thing about this in-season tournament is that if we get like a, if we do make like the final four, the, even the quarterfinals and Joe kind of handles it, I would assume somewhat like a playoff game then we might get an early season look at what uh, at least his vision for the team to eventually be will be. So all good stuff. Uh, yeah. So I just had a couple other um, points, mostly uh, just observations on the announcing. Uh, so one uh, shout out to Drew Carter for going back and correcting himself after saying that Philadelphia like was like the birthplace of America. Uh, when I first heard that I was, I was like yelling at my TV. Um, <laughs> you know, I get the, I'm a history guy. Continental Congress happened there. I get it. Declaration of independence and all that. But uh, the people of Boston, the people of Massachusetts were chasing the red coats out of the, out of the, out of the colony while they were still deciding in Philadelphia, whether or not they even wanted to support independence. So I'm glad that drew Carter went back. Uh, you know, it should go field trip to Dorchester Heights or something like that. And it was read, all read over some, it. Read some of those plaques they got out there. But uh, I'm glad he went back and fixed that. All jokes aside, I think he's done a pretty good job. There I thought was, Drew was awesome tonight. Yeah. And I thought was, it was funny, too. He was he was going at uh, Pat Beverly. He had, like, four or five snide comments. Oh, yeah, about, about Beverly. shooting. Yeah. He'd be like, Beverly left open. <laughs> he just bricks it. He's Obviously. like, and that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he had, uh, his, I don't know. He had, like, three digs at him. Had, they also hilarious. had a moment where they had, like, uh haircut like talk i forget the player on the sixes they're talking about <laughs> but he's like yeah so we went and got a buzz and he's like well, no it was the fade Celtics, uh, and then it was Emil like, jefferson the Celtics uh, assistant coach but yeah all right yeah he's like he's like they got a buzz uh he's like was that a fade and so i was like actually that's a lineup so <laughs> i just was like i was like oh my god yeah. this is just this is just hilarious that's um, what the fans want to hear scal also had a comment too about Derek white's hair uh or his lack thereof now he said that's just called accepting reality uh, I'd like to remind Scal, who I believe is a listener of the show, because he he mentioned the the lack of a uh, two mm-hmm. missed free throws contest. So Scal, if yep. you are listening, come on the pod to discuss, please. Uh, but also, you can't make comments about Derek White going bald while you're also in a Doctor Leonard commercial. So, <laughs> uh, you know, as a member of the tribe, there, I just had felt like I had to stick up for for White. But overall, uh, just a few, just a few, just uh, funny observations on the announcing team. Yeah. Uh, I do think they're getting a pretty good chemistry going. So I agree. Uh, while while we'll definitely all miss Mike next year, I do think that we're in good hits. I can't believe Drew Carter's twenty six. Also, that rattled me to my core. Yeah, he's got the voice of a chain smoking fifty year old. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought. I, well, no, I, no, I guess I disagree. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, I thought his that voice he... is very like polished and sounds like just like a savvy old i feel like once i thought i think i feel like i thought that until i found out that he was 26 and then now i just can only hear 26 i don't know but i know that he's also syracuse guy so i know that you're gonna you got your your, naturally uh, right so (laughs) anyway yeah so again uh, i think that about wraps up the celtics recap portion of the show uh so and and the announcing recap um so (laughs) celtics win 117 uh to 107 uh they move to nine and two on the season uh, so looking forward alone to alone in first in the east. Alone in first in the east, great. That's good to hear. Um, so yeah, just a, just a good overall win for the Celtics. So we can move on now to our uh, around the league portion. There's definitely a lot going on, especially uh, some some of the things that happened last night. So I will pass it over to you, Chud. But let's, uh, let's hear it around the around the league breakdown. Yeah, well, we already alluded to it earlier, but uh, the talk of the buzz around the league is kind of the in-season tournament, these intense games, uh, some rivalries breaking out. There were multiple kind of skirmish incidents last night. Of course, the biggest one uh, we mentioned on the last pod, I think we talked about the Draymond and Edwards kind of going at it in that Wolves-Warriors game. 
they run it back two nights later, play again, which I absolutely love those little mini series in the middle of the season parts. I feel like it always leads to these kind of growing rivalries. And I'd say now at this point, this is now a full on rivalry as less than two minutes into the game. We saw a zero, zero score, zero, zero score. McDan Jaden McDaniels and Clay Thompson get tangled up. They start going at it. Rudy Gobert comes in. I would say tries to, basically play peacemaker it wasn't really doing anything wrong yeah Draymond i'd say comes flying in and gets like aggressively chokes him out and just like dragging him by the neck for a, a pretty long time um just like a hilarious scene i guess as a neutral fan it was my i mean i just thought it was a riot oh uh, clay and mcdaniels get tossed draymond gets tossed came out tonight draymond has also got a five game suspension uh, Curry was already out, so just hilarious if you're a Warriors fan to you think you're going to the sick game, and within two minutes, there's no Steph, Clay, or Draymond. They actually played really well, the Warriors, and it went right down to the wire, but Minnesota pulled it out. But um, hilarious incident there, just all around. Um, and again, I think the in-season tournament brings out a little extra intensity, and I think the fact that they had just played each other and obviously had some bad blood from the previous night just made for... Again, kind of an interesting thing, and I think now this will be, you know, something we remember if both these teams, like, oh, I would love to see a playoff series now at this point. Oh, I think yeah. everyone would. Um, I mean, I just think whatever you think of the incident, this kind of stuff is awesome for the league. The league needs villains and rivalries and guys who want to, you know, obviously you don't want people getting suspended, but I think overall this kind of stuff is awesome for the league. Yeah, I mean, I, so one, I did absolutely love it. It was incredible. <laughs> uh, the memes and things, obviously, that come out of our great... Uh, but it goes back to, we briefly touched on it before with Draymond. I just think the guy, I think when he was younger, uh, it made more sense. I thought he, but I think that now, I think he's a little bit of like a tryhard with some of this kind of stuff like that. I think he's, he knows his best days are behind him. So I think he tries to oversell. I think it, it, it used to, I just feel like it used to be a lot more like natural. Now I think that he's just like over the top with it. I thought it was mm -hmm. crazy that when he's choking him out, like the look on Steve Kerr's face, like. He's like begging like, him to stop. And it's like, he's just not even looking at all. So I mean, just between that, I mean, punching yeah. Jordan Poole in the face too. Like he what, got like, ejected two, but right before the Minnesota game that he last game he got into skirmish. The game before that, they played the Cavs twice in a row, and he got into it with Donovan Mitchell the game before and got and ejected he got kicked for like out. forearm shivering him. <laughs> yeah, and he's and he's cheering as he gets kicked out. So it's just oh, like always. I just think that it's kind <laughs> of like it's one of those things where I feel like. Uh, uh, to borrow a, a slightly edited a line from the Ghetto Boys, like you don't flex nuts if you know that you got him. And I just feel <laughs> like he's just kind of like at this stage of his career, I think that he's it's almost a little bit of like overcompensating with some of his antics. Yeah. Well, and I think I think maybe like once a year, maybe maybe twice a year, you get kicked out like sticking up for your guys. That's a pretty good thing. But I think what is happening every time and every time. <laughs> You're like more concerned with yelling and cheering to the crowd, like being an absolute idiot. I just think that eventually it reaches a point where it's like, okay, you're just being a fucking goon. Um, yes. So again, I don't know. We'd love well, to be on Draymond's pod to discuss it. Uh, you can, you'd yeah. obviously welcome on on our pod. Expecting but I don't the know. invite. Yeah, I just think, you know. Well, I it's think one it's of those a little things, much. Obviously, little much. when you're when you're front running and your team's good, it looks a lot better than when you're not and True. when you're losing. So I, no, but I think there's definitely some overcompensating with again. It's been a very slow start for the Warriors. They haven't looked good, and I think part of that is is him trying to get you know his team fired up. This that whatever like that's what he does. Like you said, when it doesn't go well and they're losing, it looks a lot worse. But I think also. I think for a while, like, people in the league definitely were a little intimidated, a little scared by him. I think even the refs were. And I think a lot of people now are, like, you heard Anthony Edwards the other night being like, yeah. no one scared you or whatever. I don't know. Did you hear Gobert's comments last night? He so called Gobert, him a clown, right? Well, first he said, um, he basically accused Draymond of saying that he's is afraid to play without his boy Steph. So he oh, always yeah, gets yeah, ejected. Yeah. So he said he'd be looking for a reason to get ejected so he wouldn't have to play without Steph. Yeah. And then he said, uh, yeah, he's like, Kerr is obviously going to stick up for him. But he's like, deep down, like, they know that this guy's a clown. So, uh, I mean, again, yeah. it's just awesome to hear that kind of stuff. Like, this is a rivalry. I can't wait. I already can't wait until they play again. Like, it's going to be awesome. They're, and and Gobert is not They're in the same in-season tournament group, right? Or, well, yeah, they only yeah. play each other once in the group play, right? Yeah. So they but, just uh, happen to be playing, like, near each other. Yeah. Okay. But they'll play well, again. They I mean, again. Yeah. Hopefully we'll one of them all... gets a wild card spot in the in-season tournament and they meet again or something yeah, like that. I mean, but... but we'll all be hoping for that playoff series. And uh, yeah. I mean, I gained some respect for Gobert for actually calling him out like that. I mean, you don't hear a lot of guys 
actually call him out. But I mean, again, after you got choked out on national TV for 30 seconds, so if that you're was not like a stick legit up for choke yourself, out. That was like a, it really was. Uh, like <laughs> there was few moments in it where it looked like Gobert thought he might die. Yeah, it was aggressive, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gobert's been playing awesome this year. He's been a huge part of why the Timberwolves have such a good record uh, right near the top of the West, if not at it, and why they have the number one defense in the league. He looks back to his old defensive player of the year form, and this time he's not basically overcompensating for all the bad jazz perimeter defenders. It seems like he's got a lot of other good defenders across the board, and that's why it's working so well for that Wolves team. So, I mean, props to Gobert, like I said. no, It seems like nobody likes him, and for some obvious reasons here and there, and he's always just kind of at the center of this, like, comical shit happening uh, that's like not really his fault he didn't really do anything to warrant that, I just, but, i'm sorry i just, just i just opened up twitter to make guy. sure we're not missing any breaking news one of the first things just one of the pictures of the choke out i just can't <laughs> i can't just not just so funny i don't know just just so many good pictures yeah. that come from it and it's just it really yeah you know, you've somehow and have oh, not dear. managed to see this. Please uh, pause, pause the podcast there. Once we're done, go Wait online and, over. and get the footage because it's it's as funny as we're describing. Uh, yeah, truly for for an NBA court, usually it's a lot of this and that, but there's <laughs> a legit joke. joke he just for. jumped in over the top of everyone. Yeah, super aggressive. the guy. Super like, aggressive. Oh. Super unnecessary. <laughs> um, but you know, perfectly on brand for for everyone involved, really. Yeah. So right. awesome what, moment. What else? Um, then you know, staying in the season tournament. I don't know if you saw like uh, the Lakers and Grizzlies got into a little bit too. Anthony Davis shoved uh, Santi Aldama to the ground and the bench. Yeah, kind of I saw not that like that one. But, but I mean, I again, don't know why he see. shoved him at first when he turned around and just kind of like he was it was sort there. of yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and then also at the Clippers, who actually finally looked good last night with their guys but still not quite enough to beat the nuggets and then there was a clip the clippers all pouty pissed off walked off the court without handshake and Jokic kind of looked up and made like a funny face like oh okay i guess i guess that's what's happening so again i don't know if this is just all in-season tournament is making this stuff happen but i think it's it's overall good to see that hopefully the league is getting back to some rivalries and you know yeah again not, guys not wanting to be buddy buddy and these kind of little skirmishes here and there is all no matter what the league yeah, might want to pretend to say like this is great for business uh good to see so i like some some rivalries coming back uh and again i don't know how much is truly to blame the in-season tournament but it definitely can't hurt and these there clearly are like the stakes are mattering enough that these guys do seem like they're trying a little bit harder um so yeah. it's, it's been cool to watch i've been enjoying it so far and if it leads to more stuff like this all all the better so absolutely I'm a big fan so far of the in-season tournament. Um, then staying, I guess, in the in-season tournament, just another couple games last night. We mentioned the Sixers were on a back-to-back. That was because last night they played the Indiana Pacers at home. Um, awesome game, start to finish. Um, Pacers winning in Philadelphia. And these another. this was another little mini-series because the Pacers and Sixers played another good game a couple days before, came back and played each other again. And I think, again, that just builds rivalries like these little mini-series where you already, you already know the team and – Tyrese Halliburton put on an absolute show. That kid is a superstar. He is like maybe the best, like pure that type of point guard since like young Chris Paul. Um, not as good on defense, but he's taller and just awesome. In the last two games, he has 32 assists, zero turnovers, any scoring in the 30s too. Um, Halliburton, again, one of the best young guards of the league. Would not be at all surprised if he makes all NBA this year. I'm sure he'll. Uh, lead the league in assists and that Pacers team is super fun. They don't really guard anyone, but they have one of the best offenses in the league and it's almost entirely thanks to him. Amazing player. Uh, staying in the in-season tournament, we got our first NBA matchup of Wemby versus Chet last night. It was Battle pretty underwhelming. Men. Yeah, fairly underwhelming uh, by those guys' standards. Neither one had a very good shooting night, um, but they I mean they did other things and had their moments impressive win for the thunder they pulled away and dominated but uh just would be fun for that to be a nice rivalry for years to come and one thing i did notice again although neither guy played well i do think there is a bit of like a genuine rivalry between those guys naturally since they are i'm sure you know so similar and they have actually matched up several times on uh usa versus france in gold medal games at uh younger ages so it seemed like there is like i thought you were saying that the rivalry just they basically just like 
fuck, that guy's tall and skinny. Like, I fucking <laughs> well, hate I mean, that I guy. think that is part of it, that they're both these, like, you know, quote-unquote unicorn-type guys who are over seven feet tall but can shoot threes and dribble back-to-back years going, like, at the top yeah. of the draft. So I think that's natural. <laughs> but, no, they did have a little rivalry okay. for Team USA so versus Team background. France and, like, the under-18 teams. And it did look like last night they there was a little extra, like, juice. Like, those guys knew that that was, you know, the matchup people wanted to see, and they went out. And it was kind of cool just seeing them go head-to-head. So I – you know, don't have any skin in the game for either guy, but I think it would be all cool, very cool for the league if that did become, like, a rivalry of these giant skinny guys over the years to come. Like, <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all. Um, and then an unfortunate bit of news, as it seems like the, the you know, snake bit in all these former Celtics. Our boy Marcus Smart went down with an ankle injury, left the <clears> game pretty much right away. Especially sad because the Celtics are playing the Grizzlies for the first time this Sunday. We don't know the status. Um, obviously, it would be nice to see Smart in uniform. So, hopefully, that's still the case. Hopefully, it's not while, too serious. While we're, but... on, uh, while we're talking about Marcus Smart, do you want to address uh, NBA analyst Jeff Kupka's comments that he sent to us after the game? <laughs> no. Should I? I'll, uh, I'll so... address him when he comes on the pod. Oh, all right, all right. <clears throat> but, You're lucky. Uh, You're lucky, Jeff. Yes, exactly. Um staying in somewhat Celtics related another thing we mentioned earlier Daniel Tice we had speculated about if he would make a return or if he would go somewhere he had been buried in that rotation was finally bought out went to the Clippers I know you are not thrilled with the landing spot in terms of a team you root for but in terms yeah. of pure basketball fit it actually is a great spot for Tice um the Clippers they just traded away Plumley just height, right? got Plumley just got injured uh so they really just have Zubats who has not been playing great last night I was watching them uh PJ Tucker is essentially now their backup center which you know he's he's good obviously for what he does but watching them last night again the Clippers actually played really well but down the stretch it was like the Nuggets were just throwing it up to Jokic and it was like uh you know it looked like uh the teacher playing against all the kids at recess for a little bit out there so <laughs> I think Tice can get a meaningful role on a team that um at least in their own eyes, as a contender. I'm not sure if they are, but again, going from literally not playing at all They're in Indiana not. to getting real minutes in LA is, is an upgrade, no matter how you spin it. So, happy for happy tight, for tight, sad for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you can bring a little bit of likability to that team, I mean, some Westbrook ties two-man games could be fun. Come on. <laughs> Have a heart. Um, <laughs> no. Another interesting story about, you know, we always like to speculate with the trade talks and stuff. Came out that the Bulls are willing to trade Zach Levine. Just could be first Please first don't name. go to Miami. Uh, so, I don't know about this one. I think Zach Levine is a good player, but I he's awful on defense. He gets paid a lot of money. He has serious uh, knee issues i don't i'm not sure the market like i think this will be more like a bradley beal return than a kevin durant return if you know what i mean if he does get traded like i think you know one first and some salary like i don't think it's going to be a ton and i think like you said it's going to be the teams like the heat the lakers who are always maybe send him to miami because he's i think he yeah like i'm not convinced based on anything that's happened in his career that what he brings contributes to winning like i think he could be your classic good stats bad team guy um i'm not sure if he can really fit into like a winning culture um i mean and i could be wrong he's obviously a very talented player i just think to pay that guy over 40 million and up to 50 million over the next four years with the injuries he's had the lack of team success he's been a part of in his career um and i mean again just guy doesn't play defense he's he's just like a scorer so uh it, just not my type of player at all. I would like love actually for Philly to use all the stuff they just got to go get him and fuck up the vibes and have a defensive backcourt of Maxi and Levine. That <laughs> would be absolutely hilarious. Uh, I don't think, sadly, that Maury is dumb enough to do that, but it would be awesome. I think this ends the most predictable way ever with the Lakers giving up like D'Angelo Russell, Hachimura, some made-up draft pick <laughs> from like 2050. <laughs> And forcing Zach Levine into that team that will just be immediately like even more hateable and disgusting. And he will just be, it'll just be glaring how overpaid he is. LeBron will pretend to love him and secretly hate him. Um, so I will not be, cons- I'm a, I'll go on the record right now of saying any of our rivals get Zach Levine. I will not be concerned. Um, and I also think that when people eventually see whatever ends up being traded like for him, they'll be like, oh, that's it. It's my guess. Um, okay. Like I would, I would guess. I mean, the yeah, Lakers... you know more about him than I do, but 
I just yeah, know that he, I mean, I know he's a he's a scorer and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't no, know. I feel like player. defense you can defense player, can get better. But... You could just learn and be better at defense than you were. I, I feel like in the right situation, but yeah, well, you, I mean, you're yeah. right. He's got the knee issues and stuff like that. So who knows? But... Look at the teams he's been on. Like that just has not ever been a team that you've yeah. really feared. Like he's just never been a part of any meaningful success. <laughs> so. True. Not worried about that, but fun name. Always love the rumor mill and the speculation. And again, I hope that some team does fuck up their team to overpay him for the next four years would be great. I'm happy that it definitely won't be us. So, uh, yeah, this league, exactly. I will say, if the Bulls are blowing it up, I'm going to say right now, Alex Caruso, bring him to me. So The white white mark is smart. Um, I've seen a lot of people say that. Don't you think that we need to... Fit a bit, find a big, or are you Cornette is is the guy? I'm kind of Cornette pilled now. Um, no, I, I mean, I think it depends. Obviously, what you can get. I, I think like Cornette you... too. I'm not saying that. I was yeah. I was laughing at the term Cornette pilled, not <laughs> yeah Cornette. No, um, I I just think if you know, I just love Caruso, and I think he's a and I, again when these guys are so good at defense, like he's a guard. But again, watching this team, Drew Holiday was is like a center slash power forward. Um. You know, and Caruso is a similar, like, Caruso would just be another, Caruso, White, and Drew, and, like, again, Richard's been good the last few games, but I think he's a guy who could fit in, like, he's, he's you know, he's technically a point guard, but I don't think he needs to play point guard, and I think he can guard up, like, he would just be a great, great guy to add off the bench for the Celtics team that yeah. the contract yeah, I don't, I don't could hate actually it. I just, just didn't know if they he's, awesome, uh, I just... More if the Bulls are blowing it up, everyone's going to be saying, "Oh, like who's going to get Levine? Who's going to get if they deal DeRozan? Even well, they Pooch, like whatever." Tag. Yeah, I'm saying Caruso is the real diamond in the rough if they start shedding parts that could be had, and I think could actually go to a team, play a role, and help a contender more than probably any of those other guys. If we're being honest, so uh, I would love yeah. to see Caruso in Green. I would hate to see him go to a team that I hate. Um, <clears throat> but. Again, kind of the first uh, outward like trade issue thing, whatever that's going on in the league. Those are always fun. I uh, can't wait right. for all the speculation. And then the only other thing I had, it seems like this is just a recurring story now at this point on Chuddy's Corner at the end, but the Kelly Oubre update, I don't know if you saw the latest, but just a bizarre situation where now the police are saying they don't have any footage to corroborate his claim of being is hit and run. Is that why Drew Carter said reportedly a hit and run yeah now there's, it's an alleged hit and run because they can't confirm that it happened Ooh. it's just what he said there was like also a weird thing in the i think it was the philly inquirer story saying that uh a source close to the situation said there was reason to believe that he was like not telling the truth about the account oh, he like switched. I love it. they looked they looked at the video of where it was and nothing happened um and then he's saying it was like, I just moved to the area. Like, I don't really know where I was. And he's saying he was like out of sorts after it happened. So, but then I also saw something that like medics arrived what? to the scene and responded. So it's just like a very fishy story. And it feels like it keeps getting weirder. Keep pulling every out that, day that string, goes by. Yeah. So uh, again, like, I don't want to accuse him of lying. And he's obviously is injured, but yes, thoughts and just prayers, bizarre, bizarre situation uh, that I wanted to add. That's now this whole. Yeah. I didn't realize that, that was, I was wondering why he said reportedly a hit and rum. So I guess there is a little bit of something to that yeah uh just very what odd do you think and... could call like do you think he like fell down the stairs or something like what do they <laughs> well just, just, like, i mean up? i don't know because like why the only thing i could like you would have to think why would he want to lie and say that he got hit by a car was he like riding around so, like a dirt bike like an atv i feel like well, i always see videos yeah. in philly of people doing shit like that that's like, what i was like, gonna say was he doing me? something that like maybe he's not supposed to be doing in his contract like i don't know playing was he was he playing pickup football or yeah like you said doing some like extreme sport <laughs> did he get gets, like, like laid out playing or... football or <laughs> i don't know so like i said i don't think he's it doesn't seem like he's lying at least yet i don't think that but it is there's just very a lot of suspicious details and the reporting we're around to it speculate was, we're not accusing very... but we're down to speculate <laughs> yeah that's pretty much where we're at with that one so again just right. something we'll keep an eye on but Woj also said he should be back within a couple weeks so the this could be a story that kind of just goes away before it gets any momentum oh, but not. I just hope we get to the bottom of it. All right, we need to again. If our if our intern gets to Philly, uh, we're still waiting on Nick to come through with the uh, funding <laughs> for the hotel. But, uh, yeah, things just got a little spicier there, there, so we might have to send the intern out there. Yeah, it seems and like he now... might have to rent a dirt bike and infiltrate the uh, underground, like almost like <laughs> yeah. a fat first Fast and the Furious movie. Right, we and need to kind of uh, get like a... hanging out down. There. Yeah, <laughs> in those we might worlds. have to do something like that. It's possible. Um, all right, so so yeah, that wraps up around the league. If you want to just real quick, give us just like a one minute 
Uh, we're playing. We got the Raptors coming down. We've already seen them once this year, mm-hmm. but uh, another game of the in-season tournament. Any thoughts about the game? Yep. Uh, do you think Porzingis might be back? Anything? Just just give us a little taste. So, I mean, I guess the Porzingis thing is really a much bigger story in the grand scheme of things than any of these games are. Um, he said, bumped knees with Randall. Good call by you. I think you mentioned it last pod that he was, looked like he, he was limping and looked a little, uh, you know, he's kind of grimacing. Obviously, that was true. He said he bumped knees with Randall on that drive. Knee contusion. I think it's just essentially a fancy word for a bruise. It's sore. It sounded like, from what he was saying, he could have played. The medical team is being cautious. Um, but, I mean, again, obviously the last thing we ever want to hear is there's a new leg or foot or knee, any part of – any really any part of the body injury for Brzezinkis is never good. Just hope it isn't something that lingers. But uh, if, you know, if his status is at all in doubt, then, like, no reason to play him. The Raptors, as we saw last time, are a big team. Uh, they don't shoot very well. They just kind of bludgeon you inside with the strength of Scotty Barnes, Siakam, Jakob Pertle, <clears throat> guys off the bench. So we, you know, took care of business against them. And, um, you know, I would imagine and expect more of the same with or, with or without Porzingis. I think, you know, winning the game tonight and looking as good as we did, there's no reason to force him to play. Obviously, if he's not, you know, 100%. Jalen Brown missed the game only because he was sick. So I would imagine he'll be back. Um, Raptors also have been down OG Ananobi uh, the last couple of nights, and they got absolutely boat raced by the Bucks tonight, I believe it was. And yeah, I they saw that score. another ugly game the other night against. I think they actually came back and won, but they got down by like twenty points against the hapless Wizards. Um, <clears throat> the Wizards are just finding incredible ways to lose games down the stretch. So I think the Raptors actually pulled that out, but they've not looked very good at all without Ananobi. Uh, they don't have Gary Trent either, as they didn't last game. So. I think the Celtics will be favored with or without Porzingis in this one, and I would expect them to take care of business against that team. Uh, hoping for another nice win, and genuinely excited for more in-season tournament, honestly. Yeah. Let's just send in a bench guy to start a fight. <laughs> I want to get our, Who is our guy? Who is that guy? We, I, I was think thinking last Brissette night. In, I think Brissette Who won the Celtics is uh, <laughs> putting Siakam in a chokehold for 30 seconds. <laughs> Uh Brissett, you might be on his own with Brissett. Yeah, I think, Brissett. I think Brissett's the motor guy. I would think Svi, uh any of those like Eastern European guys, they probably Yeah, all... you never know. They might have military yeah. backgrounds, you don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so um yeah, I think definitely one possible. of those two. And I you know, I'm basing that all sneaky on... uh sneaky Missoula. <laughs> oh actually, yeah, that's Ju- Jiu Jitsu Joe. That's actually the answer. Yeah, it's Missoula. <laughs> Hundred yeah. percent. So that's no. I think Joe. I think Joe's sensei has got him. Uh, he might calm enough that he yeah. Would, he actually might be one of those guys that just respects that. It's but, just like you know, these if are, he sees, if he thinks I'm a registered his, weapon. This would be it would be right. an extra charge. It'd be it's all the deadly weapon. If he thinks he's defending one of his boys, I I wouldn't put anything past him in the moment. Yeah, that's true. Well, we hopefully we'll find out. But I was, yeah, I was thinking more based on a need. I would say Svi, Brissett, Joe in that order would be who I'd want to send out there. <laughs> So I look like forward to maybe seeing something like that. But yeah, so Celtics uh, again to close out. Beat the Sixers in Philly, uh 117, 107. Uh they move on to nine and two on the season, and we're looking forward to this Friday's in season tournament game. Hopefully uh, they go to two and zero. Yeah, hopefully they go two and zero. Lead the group. Uh against the Toronto Raptors. I believe it's in Toronto. Yeah. Yes. So we'll see the Toronto court, see what that one looks like. I bet you it looks fucked. Can't um, wait. Yeah, so we'll look forward to seeing everyone again here on Friday night uh, as we will see you after every Celtics game. So thank you for listening. Everyone have a good night. Chuddy, you have a good night. We'll see everyone on Friday. Peace out, Chuddy Heads.